Welcome to the We In To Win Show podcast version. Join host Sinovia D. Williams as she dives deep into the real stories behind the success and progress of the most phenomenal business owners and entrepreneurs. You will learn their steps, secrets, and strategies to triumph after trial, find clarity in your vision, survive in crisis, and more. These powerful back shows will help you to get in and stay in your winning zone. And now, your host, Sinovia D. Williams. Welcome winners to the Wind to Win show. I am your host, Sinovia D. Williams, and today it is my honor and it's my privilege. I am delighted to welcome our guest today. He is a veteran businessman, what we would say a business mogul, having been president of a very prospering and thriving business, moving into entrepreneurship even in the form of a nonprofit organization, he continues to excel in business. He has overcome the struggles and he experiences triumphs as an entrepreneur. Today, ladies and gentlemen, your life will be changed as you learn the steps, the strategies, the how-tos, the maneuvers of the one, the only veteran business owner, entrepreneur, my friend, ladies and gentlemen, Philip Smith. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So happy to have you. So happy to have you. Thank you very much. Now, Phil, what we do as we start the show, uh, we want to share with everyone, all of our viewers, something about Phil. So let's get to know Phil. What is that thing about Phil, that quirky thing, that least known thing about Philip Smith um, that people wouldn't suspect, maybe even family don't even know about you? Share with us. Right. I think something that I remember was being a seven-year-old child and I would lock myself away in my room and I cried Why? because I had this desire to know what life was all about. So at seven years old, I was this deep thinker, you know, um, and it really, you know, as I reflect, it really is... Um, interesting that at such a young age, here I was thinking about the deep things of, of life, life, you know, and so it, it affected me so deeply that I would cry, and I had done that, I couldn't tell you how many times, but I wanted to know what is life, why are we here, what is this life all about? Those were my questions. As a child, as you, a child you, would you say that you're still very much a deep thinker, or? Yeah, I am very spiritual, you know, so from that age, you know, so I was the ninth of ten children, and you would hear your sisters and brothers and even your parents talking about God, and I never accepted it, you know, it was as if, okay, I hear you all, but I have to find out for myself, so that was my Right. You know, I wanted to know for myself who he was. Did he really exist? And it was just like, you know, I didn't have the answer, so I would cry. <laughs> yeah, I would cry. You needed meaning. I needed meaning. Oh my goodness. So that brings me to one of my initial questions, which was to tell us about Phil. Philip, as a child, um, did you grow in New Providence, a family island? Tell us about your family life. 
what was your uh, schooling, early education like? Share with us. Okay, so we came up, my father was quite an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So when I was growing up, we had a number of businesses. We had a 16-room motel, we had a restaurant, we had a bar. <laughs> we had two grocery stores on the same street in Camp Road. We had a hardware store, we had a clothing oh, store, wow. and then we had a sheep farm, you know, like we brought animals in from the island. So that was the type of life, how I came up, and you had to be in this, you know. So you came home from school and you changed your clothes and you went into the business, one of the businesses, and you worked. So, you know, I would hear friends talking about Saturday movies, you know, matinees on Saturday. I never knew what that was because, you know, I would, Saturdays was your busiest day. Yes. So you definitely wasn't going to a movie on a Saturday. So every day you came home and you went to one of those businesses and you worked. My goodness. So Phil, um, just by the way, which were the businesses? Listen, I am so taken aback and amazed right now by that. I had no idea of, about your foundation like that, that type of um, discipline towards work. But what were some of the businesses that you actually had to go into? What did they choose or select? What did you select? Which ones you preferred to work in? Right, so I worked in the grocery stores. <coughs> the one, so we had one on Camp Road where we lived. We lived in a two-story house. Um, Downstairs was the grocery store and the kitchen okay. and the dining room. And what's interesting, the, the back door to the grocery store was our front door to our kitchen. Okay. And so that's interesting. You know, when I think of what people go through now with what I'm doing, eating, you know, there was something we definitely never experienced because, you know, there you had a grocery store and your kitchen, you could just walk right from your kitchen at any hour of the night into the grocery store. And um, um, so I worked in the grocery store, the one on camp, we had two on camp, one on the corner of bar 20 and then one where we lived, um, just east of the bank, south of bar 20. And then I worked in the bar. So <laughs> Did you choose that one or was it chosen for you? That was chosen for me, okay. you know. Um, and then of course we had 16, a 16 room motel and um, I worked there. Um, and um, sort of grocery stores and then I would be on the back of the truck when we were taking the animals yeah. to slaughter. I would oh my do that. So I didn't spent a lot of time. My sisters did the clothing store and and um, the hardware tube did most of that. I did a coffee very, very little time, but that was it. The grocery store, the, the bar. bar, the restaurant, and, and the motel. Okay. So now, how was it for you being in school? You mentioned that the kind of um, the lifestyle that most kids had at that time that was not your experience. Did you resent that? Did you embrace that? Uh, how was it for you? That's an interesting question. You know, it wasn't something that you resented. Um, I guess because, you know, we grew up that way. So one of our grocery stores, um, you lived upstairs, the dining and kitchen was downstairs. And so, I was born in that house. Okay. <laughs> so that's just the way it is, That's right? just the way we came up. You, 
you grew, you, you were born in the store basically because the store was right there beneath the, 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 the bedrooms, you know, so, you know, from a very young child, you know, I remember we didn't have cash registers in those days, and um, I was able to add the, so, you know, I was like a cash register before, <laughs> I could just, as I pulled the items, wow. I could just, I would add them up in my oh head. Oh my you goodness, know, so, wow. So, you know, um, some of my family members would write it, but I could just add them up, so I guess that gave me a special gift. A, a liking for mathematics, you know, mathematics. So I was able, I had developed that, that ability to just, wow. I could add like you would not believe it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I like that, that's yeah. a quick thinker. Yeah. So, so you, you, you grew up in this, this mm -hmm. discipline, primary school, coming into high school now, mm -hmm. um, adolescence now, I mean, I'm sure you have other interests now, your mind is expanding, but coming out of high school, did you uh, forward into university or higher level of education at that time, or did you continue in the family business? Um, what route did you take? What was your ambition? What was your vision for Philip at that time? Okay, so <clears throat> I went to, you like to say, people who go to family, I went to the oh, government high school. I know. <laughs> I know that. The government school. So government high school. So when you finish, when when I graduated, and you took, you call them O levels. Yes. GCE O levels. O levels. Yes. Then, okay. Cool. So you know that BJ. What what do they call it? JC and GCE. GCE. What do they call now? Um. BGCSE. BGCSE. We took O levels. So. Um, in order to go into the sixth form, um, where you did A-levels, GCE A-levels, you have to um, get at least five O-levels with certain grades, and then you could go into sixth form. It was lower six and then upper six. So I did that, I got sufficient, and I went into lower six. And um, then at the end of lower six in 1975, the school changed. I don't know if you remember, Government High was discontinued and then the College of the Bahamas wow. came. So Government High ended. Okay, okay so um, that was the very last year, 1975. I just completed um, one year of uh, the A-level, um, not exams because it's a two-year course, but one year of the, of the, of the course. Yes. And so we went from, from government high school, we went to the teachers training college. Yes, everyone from that class, yes. were probably 25 of us, we went to the teachers training college, but we did the A-level yeah, course. yes. courses. You didn't do, you know. So um, when I completed that, then my brother Kevin, who you know very well, had a real estate company. Okay. <laughs> for Regal Bahamas. Okay. Regal Bahamas. And so that would have been 76. So when I was finished my A level, I went, I didn't go directly off to, to university. I worked with Kevin. Okay. And um, that was quite an experience because Kevin, Kevin was doing very well. And he, um, Kevin just had, he, my father, Kevin, between me and you, Kevin and I, <laughs> I think, inherited um, my father's gift of, you know, this um, business, you know. Kevin um, was doing quite well, and so I worked with him and I learned a lot from that business, you know, mm -hmm. just being there. 
And, um, you know, we were living a good life because Kevin was, like I said, he was doing quite well. And so the aunt, so I worked with Kevin for two years at Regal Bahamas, a real estate company. And then I went off to university and I did um, the public accounting at Pace University in New York. Love, love from numbers. Yes. So yeah. at that point, was entrepreneurship definitely a goal? I mean, was that definitely a goal from childhood or just like with the spirituality, did you think maybe I'll get a job? What, what yeah, so I don't think I had thought it through. All I knew at the time when I went to college was that accountants did well. Okay. They, 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 because I remember we had um, um, at GA Government High, you know, people would come by and we'd do a seminar on, um, what would you call it there? Like a career. Career. Right. Or something like that. That's career it. Career fair. That's it. And um, I remember when there, there was one guy that came and he spoke about, he was an accountant and he spoke about accounting. And man, when he said the amount of money he was making, I said, <laughs> I said that's for so. me. Yeah. <laughs> that's for, I was right. so. That's good inspiration. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was so. So that's how I ended up with accounting. Yeah. And so I came back after finishing my degree in public accounting at Pace University, downtown New York. And that's oh, another story. Wow. <laughs> wow. Exposure, ooh, adventure, ooh. exploration. I lived downtown Manhattan. Wow. <laughs> I lived downtown, and I'm 20 years, 21 years old, you know. Life, I'm, I can imagine. And so I did the accounting exam in New York, <clears throat> and I qualified as a, so, so I finished my degree in 82. Yes. I did it in three and a half years because I had A-levels. And um, then I did the CPA in 84. Mm. I completed the CPA in 1984, and then I completed my two years requirement um, audited spirit. Yes. And so I qualified as an accountant, as a CPA in 1984. Okay? I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Can everybody see you right here? Oh my goodness, no. So in 84, I completed my accounting degree. I'm sorry, the CPA, I was qualif qualified, certified, qualified CPA. And then I worked with Kusa Library. Mm, so you got a job? Yeah, well, I was. Took the job right? Yeah, I was, that's right. Mm -hmm. I took the job right. So, and you needed to work with an accounting firm in order to get the experience. You see, you needed that two years time. And so I was there at Cooper's from 80, from 82, right after I came out of college until 87, so I was there for about five, four to five years. And I really didn't like it. Oh, okay. Oh. Tell us about that, what, 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 See, what challenge do you have? Okay, know? what I find, I think it's a certain personality. Mm -hmm. When you audit, right? Mm -hmm. What I found is that your head is always, you know, you're constantly mm -hmm. looking at figures, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Oh, that wasn't me. Okay. Ooh, wow. I did not enjoy oh accounting. Mm. Okay. I didn't enjoy it at all. And so started up Gold Circle in 85. Okay, let's let's just 
Let's just get unpacked right in that little space right, right. there. So I started accounting firm yes. in 84 after I graduated from You college. started the accounting firm in 84, yes. but you worked, um, you, you went into a job situation. Yeah. And, and because we're speaking to aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners, yeah. we want to really highlight what you said. You did accounting. Mm -hmm. You were good with numbers, so it wasn't far-fetched for you to pursue that. You right. did accounting mm -hmm. because of the number, the salary, that the, the goal, the expectation, and then you put your hands on it, and you're like, mm. this is you know. And so it makes it makes us want to say to entrepreneurs, like, really be genuine and define what it is you want to do out of your love and gifting, and not necessarily the money. Exactly. So that's a very good point. Um, you know, so had I stayed in accounting, I would have been miserable. You know, because your work takes up so much of your life, your time. But, and that was where I had to make a decision. So, so Stay tuned. More life-changing conversation ahead on The Win to Win. But now, a word from our sponsors. Looking to show value to your present customers and clients while attracting new customers? Branded giveaways and contests are today's solution. Save marketing dollars, launch a product, celebrate a business milestone, show customer appreciation, gain subscribers, get maximum exposure, create a buzz, and more. Book a strategy call today, 242-428-7310. The Win to Win wishes to thank all of our sponsors. And now, let's get in and stay in our winning zone with more of The Win to Win. So, started this um, company in 85, Gold Circle, and Kevin, my brother, and Duke, so the three of us, I was the president, Kevin and Duke were there, we were partners. <clears throat> and but I'm still at the counting front. Oh, really? Not? Yeah, I stayed. I stayed. So oh I was not there. You know, we started this company. And I remember the first job. So we built a house. Yes. The very first house we built in 85. So for those who don't know, Gold Circle was a real estate Yes, company. real estate and development. Real estate development. And I remember Kevin and Duke because I was still at Cougars and Iver, Kevin and Duke worked so hard, man. And we had some money left over. We made a nice profit out of our first house, you know. And probably about 30,000, 20, I don't remember when the figure was. But then we took that and we put a down payment on a subdivision. Uh, right after the initial? I think it was right after that initial. Okay, so, so, so tell me now. Because if you if you go and you speak to a business coach or consultant, mm -hmm. I am almost positive that they would not recommend something like that mm -hmm. after your initial. You know, oh, come on, test the market a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, see how things go. But after your first uh, first transaction, mm -hmm. it did well. Yeah. But to but to shift gears and move into something greater on the next step. Yes. I mean, how, what what was in the mind of, of you all as business owners and? Entrepreneurs, what was the, the mindset behind that? Um, I think, boy, that's an interesting question. You know, how did we move so quickly <coughs> into, oh, why that, did you move? into that next level? So we were selling real estate mm -hmm. and we were building houses, but 
you know, we'll build on people, first people's lots. Mm -hmm. And this subdivision is called Golden Palm Estate. So we took this money that we had made from uh, the profit, the profits from this house, and put it into as a down payment for um, the subdivision, which was probably five acres. And we, and how much was it? The price of it? I don't remember, but maybe a hundred thousand. I really don't remember, but we made a down payment, and we started Golden Palm Estate. Golden Palm Estate, the very first subdivision, twenty-five lots. Oh, what a blessing! So you guys just dreamed big. That's mm -hmm. that was just your mindset. Yes. Big dreams. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, taking, you know, just like you say, um, taking a risk. Yes. You know. Because, you know, when I think of what I did, so I came, here I was able to make, back in th that time, at least $25,000 a year. You know, you're talking 40, almost 40, 35, 40 years ago. Yes. But I left, now I left Google's and Library to go full-time to business okay, in, in 87. <laughs> yes. And I paid myself $75 a week. So here I was making over $2,000 a month or $600, whatever that was, a week. And I now moved and paid myself $75 per week. Okay. But what, a made, what an amazing decision, you know, because, you know, me now moving full time into the business was huge. You know, it, um, you know, like I was before still working with this accounting firm and giving my time after work or however. But that decision was a major, major. And you actually took a risk. You, that's a huge salary cut, yes. an income cut, like really unimaginable. Yes. But you did it because obviously you, had, you believed in something. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> so here, you know, like you were talking about the, taking that bold step with the subdivision, I took the bold step to with the job, right? And um, that oh, this is so cool! You're making me remember some stuff. <laughs> so when we finished that subdivision, we had three hundred thousand dollars cash. We then moved to Sea Beach in the rest. Whew, that that boy was. That's <laughs> Real profit, right? It was over. Because Sea Beach, you know, here you had young people, young professionals wanting to move in the West, you know, because the West their status the, now. The West is the thing. Mm. And here we are. I will I'll never forget. I had about eight accountants, eight to ten of them walking behind me as I and I say, Okay, that's a lot here it's for you. That is for you. Oh, wow. And, so here you, I knew the professional community, you know, the lawyers, the doctors, the accountants, you know, because there wasn't a whole lot of them. And I was able to sell that like you would not believe. And I remember in Sea Beach, there was an area, um, a swamp, two, two areas of swamp, you know. And this is the other thing about just taking that risk like you were talking about and then being creative and solving. Yes, whatever problem yes. there is. Because there were two areas, and large areas, you know, that was very low-lying water, you know. And 
I remember we had a guy who used to do heavy equipment, great notes. We purchased a property with a hill by Travelers Rest. Wow. You know there's a hill yes, right after you yes, pass very steep slope. Yeah. And we purchased this property. And we cut that hill down. And we took the fill from that property ah. and put it into Sea Beach. Okay? You all were some savvy businessmen though. Mm -hmm. you, you, you had strategy, vision, execution, you, um, you just, strategy was obviously on top and you had not one brain. You had you, your brother, and another partner. These minds coming together. It's two brothers. Greatness. Oh, the both of them. I'm careful my brothers. the eldest. So, so I heard you say though that you were president of the company, right. but yet you still were functioning as sort of like a sales rep in the midst of it. So you guys kind of like played roles and fulfilled all the roles within the company yourselves. Then. Absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, you know, we of course hired people, but mm -hmm. the leadership role. So, you know, what I, and this is another thing, discovering your gift. Okay. My gift was selling. Wow. All right, it definitely <laughs> was in accounting or administration. Kevin was the administrator. Wow. He was great at that, but my gift oh. was selling. And I discovered oh, it. Oh my goodness, oh, that's, that's what thrills me. Woo. Discovering your gift, my gift was selling. Let me tell you. We had about maybe 8, 10, 12, I don't remember, salespersons in yes. our company. I would outsell all of them together. <laughs> you hear me? Wow. I outsell all yeah. of them. That was my gift. Oh I could just sell and sell and sell. And, and that's it. Okay. Very, very important business. A business is sales. Yes. You have to have sales. Otherwise, you don't have a business. You don't have a business. <laughs> you don't have a business. Right. So, someone who has that gifting to be in charge of that area is key. You have to sell. You have to sell. Wow. But the fact how you <laughs> were able to discover it, mm -hmm. you had no idea. Mm -hmm. You know, someone you would not have um, applied for that position or. That's what, that's what you would think I would have been the accountant in the company, exactly. right? Exactly. No, not me. So once you would have discovered this gift for sales mm -hmm. and, and you would have outsold even your staff in this arena, how did that begin to affect or direct what you did with your life after that? Like, how did you find yourself using that gift and, and, and now but with recognition of it? Okay, the other part of that is an ability, I call it, oh, I love this. <laughs> an ability to genuinely connect with people. Mm, oh, never forget is. this. There it is. An ability there to genuinely is. connect. I love that. Okay? See, when you have that, and you know, someone, and I think what it is, is when you treat people well, and um, you have a personality, and then you treat people well, you love people, yes. you know, and then people trust you and love you. Yes. You see, so that's oh. trust and love. Okay. Oh my goodness. Trust and love, man. As you do that, oh, mm. you could connect with anyone. See, and Phil, why why I want to highlight that is because I have found that in speaking to people like you who are consummate professionals and established veterans in business, there's no question about it. Mm -hmm. um, but when you get, I mean, we take the curtains back and look into your mind and hear from you, it's always 
those um, character is ideas of character that seem to be the foundation for what causes you to excel. That's we're talking about the wind to win. Your wind is what you bring to the table in valuing people. That trust factor, when people think about business, I'm sure a lot of times they're so busy figuring out the business plan, the steps and the, and the money model, that they don't consider their personality, their character. And that's what you're saying. Yes. You, you, you say love and trust. Love Those and are trust. character and value. Love and trust. Love and trust. If you love people and you get them to trust you, yes. you got it. they become your friends. And, uh, you know, that is something that I, and I'm just jumping ahead a little. So I've been in a group called the Young Presidents Organization. I don't know if you know this about <clears throat> But one of the greatest um, experiences I've had in my life was being a member of this group. In yes. order to be a member, you had to, your company had to do, and I joined it, was five million a year in sales. Wow. It's probably 10, 20 million now. You had to do at least that amount of sales in your company. You had to be the president of your company, and you had to employ at least 50 persons. Wow. And Ooh, that's a, some masterminds there. <laughs> oh, well, as chairman, yeah. Franklin Wilson was chairman okay. before me, right? And I remember him saying, what happened to you? <laughs> The international people came, Frank was German Mesopotamia, yeah. and they came down, they said, no, 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 that's not the way it's supposed to be done. You're supposed to be German for a year, yeah. and then someone else take over. So Frank said, Philip Smith, you're the next German. Really? Yes. He, wow. There was one guy before me, he said, you're the next German, and Philip Smith is the next one. So, perfect. So, I traveled the world, man. I, pro I was probably the best travel member of that group, and I traveled all over. And, um, this ability, man. So you have a guy, I would be sitting next to a guy who would be doing two billion in sales a year. One of the members, oh, right? Oh, yeah. So we went to Harvard <laughs> every year. I went every year. There was something called YPO. Harvard, YBO Harvard President Seminar. Okay. And there would be professors who would who had retired, who would come back mm -hmm. for this seminar mm -hmm. because you had 140 of these guys from all over mm -hmm. the world that wow. were just amazing. So I'll be wow. sitting next to a guy and he's doing two billion in sales. in sales, right? When they took the average sales of that group, 140, it was 700 million. Oh so when you took the average, and you just shared and shared, oh it was amazing. God. But the point I wanted to make was that even though I was doing my little, maybe 10 million, maybe even less, I don't remember, and there were people, most of them did at least 500 million in sales. Yes. There were those who did billions in sales. But I was never intimidated. Come on now. And why is that? Because I mean, it's just... Okay. I think it all has to do with self-esteem. Okay. And I go to a quick story with my son, Tim, yes. that really will, I think, help to, us to understand what I believe self-esteem is. Tim went to St. Andrews. He was 27 now. Just became a partner in his um, real estate company. But he went to St. Andrews and he had a, a friend. She, a mother was white, a dad was black. Yes. Or the other way around, I don't remember. And one day he came home and he said, Dad, whatever her name was, when she was with her white friend, she doesn't speak to me. Mm -hmm. She okay. doesn't speak to me. Mm -hmm. And I looked him in the eye. Yes. And I said, I mean, this came from my soul. Right? Yes. Deep, deep. Timothy, nobody on earth, nobody is yeah. better than you. 
man, let me tell you, that came. Oh came. man. No. I'm receiving that right Body now. Trust me. Earth is better than you, Tim. Oh, that's giving me chills. I'm right receiving now. it. I'm telling See, you. See, nobody is better. Yes. I don't care who they are. Queen Elizabeth? No. Nobody, no status, no stature. Nobody, and see for black people, man, we have to know that. Because we've been, we've been held on, we've been made to believe that we, sorry about this. No, sir, this is it, this is it. Because if we don't understand our identity, we'll never get out of it. Yeah, man. So, see, the self-esteem issue is what messes us up causes us not to succeed because we think we cannot do it because we are not as good as the other person. Nobody. Nobody is better than you. Alright? And so the example with my son, one of the most confident people today that I know, he got it right there. But there was that opportunity for him to develop self-esteem issues. And I had to touch, hit it, to deal with it right then. Yes. And I dealt with it because it came from my heart and soul. When I told him nobody is better than him. And that is what I believe as I travel the world with these guys doing billions of sales. Most of them white. They were no better than me. No. You did us proud. It's not, you were no better than me. And they understood that, you see? And that's why I could have become their friends. Yes, wow. It's how you showed up at the party. Yes. See, you can't become a friend of someone you worship. Ooh, come on. You can't become their friend. The most you can be is their servant or a little, uh, some type of helper or, yeah. Yes. And if you know, oh and they God. know, I remember I went to South Africa with this group. Apartheid had just finished, and Mandela's out. And they, you know, the South African members arranged these events. So one of the events is where you went to South African homes, and, and they, you know, had dinner with a number of them. Well, I went into a home in South Africa, of course, all whites. And like I said, apartheid is just here. Let me tell you something. That day, if they had not met a black guy who knew that they were no better than him, they met one that day. Yeah. You hear me? And it wasn't me being, um, you know, yeah. boisterous or yeah. just that confidence. That listen. They knew. Yes. That I knew. <laughs> they were no better yeah. than me. It's something about when you have a truth, yes. a revelation. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I want to, I want to take us ahead now yes. to a part of your life that speaks to when you discover truth. Just like that truth you discovered, it emanated from you in the presence of the white South Africans. Yes. Mm -hmm. I know about another truth that you took a hold of. Um, further in life um, and it changed everything that I saw you do as a business person you spoke about a business that was making multi-millions of dollars 
And I watch you walk away from that and not seek to rebuild it, but rather I watched you take on a service position, serving people less fortunate, and you began to like serve in a, in a charity type of situation, something, what happened? I knew you discovered a truth that changed your life. Yes. Tell us about that. Yes, well, okay. Let me just go back to what took place. So we were making millions of dollars every year. We were pulling down millions. And I was partying, man, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was enjoying life. Yes. The Hummer, I had the first church Hummer. <laughs> The this, the that, yeah. couldn't decide which car to drive in the morning. Yeah. The jets, everything. Oh my goodness. And my life took a left turn, you know. So I had overdone it. I lost my discipline. The business suffered. And I got my life back together. It, that was like a two year period where I was really in the desperate and foolish. After that two years, there was the decision. You know, what do you do? Do you continue with the business or I strained out to the law at that point. Once I recommitted my life and guess where I did it? Right in the Ponciana Inn. <laughs> yeah. For those who do not know, the Ponciana Inn is a motel hotel, um, family family based, mm -hmm. but it's the place where every sort of personality comes to exactly. Chill out. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I was in a room, I spent a night or two there, and I remember that night, I said, Lord, come back into my heart, because I was saved from 87 to about 97. Then I backslid from 97, it's now 2005, so nine years, I was in a backsliding state. And like I said, the last two years, say 2003, 2004, my life was really, had taken off. I was part of it. Okay, so February 2nd, 2005, I screamed out to the Lord, what is this life all about? I go back to being seven. Mm, deep thinker. Mm -hmm. I go back to being seven years old. That same question, what is this life all about? Why am I here? And this is after now I've done everything. Everything. I had, I was never, when it came to living, I lived. I mean, I would never, let me put it like this, I never asked the price of anything for about 10 years of my life, at least. If I wanted to do it, I did. The jets, the yachts, yes. the whatever, I did. Wow. And so, wow, I really, didn't find peace, you know. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And so what I'm thinking is, boy, happiness is not peace. You know, happiness mm -hmm. is fleeting. Yeah. It comes and it, you got it. It's <laughs> circumstantial. How do we get to peace? And that is where I was at that morning thinking about it. And the Lord took me to a verse that said, seek ye first. So I made a commitment of faith right there at Quantiana. In that moment, back in February 2005, took me to a very seeky first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be out of you. And my dear 
ashamed of myself. I said, you know, that question that I had as a seven-year-old boy, I think if I could get the answer to this, mm. I can understand what this kingdom is. Yes. I think I have my answer to life. I think I have. And you went for it. And I went for it with all my heart. Mm. God makes no mistake. I wanted to become a billionaire. Yes. And let me tell you, Lord forgive me if I'm sounding But see, my strategy was I connected with billionaires <coughs> through this group all over the world. And my strategy was as we are friends and we, we're going to do business together. That was my major strategy. But now I'm back. I got my discipline back. But I saw a different road. I saw the kingdom. I saw the kingdom. And I said, I think that's the answer to life. If we could understand this kingdom. So about six months into the study, I was reading books. I remember Sir John Templeton, I was reading his books. And he had this thing about the kingdom. You know, Sir John was most famous guy on stock market. Okay. I knew him. He was in our group of YPO. Now stop this. Yes, he was one of our members. So <laughs> and I was reading his books and I remember when I went to that verse. Yes. Um, I believe shortly thereafter, probably six months after reading books written by Sir John. So many. But Sir John had something in his book. He said that you could understand the kingdom and that kind of fun my belief. Um, and so I put on blinders trying to understand mm. And one of the first things I understood was that mercy, like you said earlier, that it was mercy, it was love. You know, I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was naked, I was sick, I was in prison. And as much as you do unto one of the least of these, ye have done unto me. That same Holy Spirit in my life. I said, wait a minute. It's not like doing unto God when you have to walk. It is. He didn't say it's like. He said, in as much as you do unto one of the least of you, ye have done it to me. I said, I could do unto God. That's got to be the greatest thing on earth. And that is what led me to Kingdom Mercy Ministries, Jesus with Love us all. Model, and I remember as we started, I was going around in my vehicle, which you probably remember, giving food out. I'd pick up food from persons, you know, wholesalers, and we went all over giving food, you know, we just went wow. giving. So I, it was my understanding and belief that as you give, and you give in the right way, see, you're not wanting anything from who you give to, it's unconditional. You don't want no glory, because the glory got to go to God. Absolutely. Okay. So I want to honor someone trying to honor me now. I don't. So, so, but what I find though, that, and I feel the reason why your, your ministry was able to, to thrive and do so well was because you brought your skill, your experience, your training from childhood to accounting, to working with your brother. The point was you brought management skills to the organization. And there are some entrepreneurs who are seeking to develop 
an organization that is for nonprofit, for service and for charity. But they want to do it some, oftentimes just out of their passion and desire to please God, but do not respect the need for management skills. You were successful because you brought that to the table. And so that is just to say, to encourage somebody whose entrepreneurial idea and, and, and mission is for service, that they still need to seek and find the means and steps and strategies to manage that organization if it's going to be successful as you did. Well, going back again to what I said, you have to sell. Even in the launch, profit and service and ministry. Yeah, yeah. Wow. See, because you need that money coming in, all right? And that was what, that same skill that I had, being able, like I said earlier, and I genuinely connected, that people supported us. And that was what has really caused us to thrive in the way that we have, that ability to genuinely connect. You really haven't said that about. And so we had great support um, from very early, you know, um, where, you know, today we are, you did amazing things. Like I said, most people, they, they operate on an average level, but even what you described in your early business, you guys, you, 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 don't, you didn't take steps, you took leaps yeah. in the next thing. Yeah. And, and I saw that with From Jesus With Love, because you started out solo, doing it on your own, you would come with the truck, you would unpack things literally with your hands, get on a truck and actually literally unpack these things and it was the most amazing blessing to get that little sticker that said from Jesus with love. It was awesome. And then um, my grandmother and her husband, they had a desire to serve people also um, in a in a feeding manner. And the next thing I know, this elderly couple, somehow they got in contact with you and you supported them to do their um, Feed the Lambs ministry in the neighborhood. And the next thing I know is they're driving a vehicle that they had no way of getting, no access, no finances to get. But in order to fulfill their mission, you were able to help them get transportation. And so it was like, what you do, again, you took that same idea of leaping forward. You didn't just stop at you delivering stuff. You still kept big dreams and big vision, and you fulfilled it. And so what, what happened now, because I know from Jesus with love, and now this is the, I, and I know this is in the end, because are you still the same, Philip? So you're still going to make another leap, I'm sure. Yes. But now, what is happening now, and I'm going to spill the beans before you say it a little bit, because of what I was able to um, see <clears throat> during the COVID uh, season, that crisis, that uncertainty, that instability that just <coughs> wrecked havoc. On so many of us, on all of us, yeah. and then I, I go online and there is Philip at a cruise ship with these business owners, bringing in and helping to facilitate food coming into this country in no little amount. It was phenomenal what you did through this new baby yeah. that we're now going to talk about, yeah. and 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 so I want people to know even as you begin to talk about it that what you are doing now is changing lives, like right now. Yeah. And, and in the crisis time, it changed lives. And people were fed because of a vision that started with you. Yeah. So tell us about that. Yeah, so check this out. You mentioned the cruise ship, right? The guy who is um, president of Royal Caribbean, his name is Michael <laughs> Bailey. Check this out, yeah. check this out. Michael Bailey, um, Diane Phillips, 
who does our marketing? She also does marketing for Royal Caribbean. Well, she brought him and some of his executives to our center, to, and they got online, they put them online, and had them to pack the food, and it was amazing. They brought big cake, and you cut that cake up. Come to find out, Michael Bailey, and I say this, Michael Bailey and I are twins. We were born the exact same day. <laughs> I said, buddy, show me your, show me some identification. I don't believe it. But you see how God, you know, because we're talking about all this, you know, this genuine connection. Yes, that's part of it. But boy, God, you know, as you do it in the way that he wants you yeah, to do it. Yes, truth, man. You gotta be honest. You gotta go and give it to all your friends and your family. But do it in the way that God would want you to do it, and He is going to bless it. So Michael Bailey and I are born the same day, yes. 1958-07. Wow, man, we connected like you would not believe. Right today, just this week. Man. <laughs> Great things happening, right? <laughs> the guy is sending. I can tell you how much food it is, but check this out. We don't have enough space oh. to put the food. Oh, I had to call up goodness. Costco. They're helping us. We have great partners. Oh, I had to call up, uh, I'm going to call up Pritchard, but I had to call up uh, this friend of mine, Godfrey, helping uh, if I was in there. But we don't have space. Okay. So, let me, let me, I have to ask this. I know that you are prospering and you are productive and fruitful because of the truth that you're walking in. Your intention is a God intention to serve and help people yes. in honor and your connection with God. That's how you connect yes. with God. Yes. However, even in the most intent purpose, there are trials. And so many wonderful things are happening, but I must ask, in that journey, even in that process from, from, from Jesus with Love into the Harmless Feeding Network, were there any trials that you had to overcome so that you could even be at this point to be in a place where you have so much abundance, you have to find room for it? Were there any trials that, that you would have, would have experienced? And if so, how did you work out of it? Um, I think one, probably one child, trial or challenge that I've had. So we now um, form the board that has other people tend to you know, and I don't think there's a more powerful board. These are movers and shakers. And you know, every now and again, I find that you know the board members do not appreciate mm. the spiritual side. I understand. You see, so I'm a little challenged there sometimes. I, you I know. can see that. Yeah. So, so you know, every now and again, you say, just be humble. Just be humble. Go and, and, and Okay, and so when you do that, because that is a real issue in business, mm -hmm. um, whether it's that the person doesn't see the spiritual side of your partners or your board, just don't get the same point of view, right. handling conflict within the business, handling that, that type of opposition, mm -hmm. would you say you just humble? humble because of course you're taking a spiritual stand in it, yes. and it always works out. It always works out. I trust God, you see? I trust God because, you know, Particularly when you know the people, their intentions are good. Yes. They just are not seeing it from 
Yes. Our real estate. So, honestly, you know, um, just be humble. And it's gonna, it's gonna work out, you know. So that humility, man, that true, uh, unconditional love. Love is unconditional. And, and, and I believe that God is just, you know, you just, God sees everything. Absolutely. I don't think some people understand that, you know. <laughs> they think God don't see or know something. They, 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 they can do some things that God don't see or know. God sees everything. And so please him back. Please him. He sees him. Bahamas Feeding Network. Yes. What is next on the agenda? What is next for you? Okay, so where we are today, the government, um, Start, um, started a the Bahamas. I'm sorry. It's called the National Food Distribution Task Force. Mm. The National Food Distribution Task Force. It started in June of last year. June of 2020. 2020. And they have invested so far 36 million. The first day they gave 10 million. 16 million was the first phase. Yeah. And then the second phase, 10 million. That was 26 million. The third phase, which ends the end of this month, was another 10 million. So the government is given a total of 36 million. And the zone leaders, there were like seven of us, who were supposed to put in, government was investing 85%, we were investing 15%. Ah. Now, um, I think they're going to extend it again. Okay. Um, so it's interesting. Um, in that, um, you know, we have just from a um, our budget for this year, <coughs> we already have that in the market. You see what I'm oh, saying? Awesome. Yeah. So, so you know, it's going well, going very, very well, and um, we have we have an amazing group of volunteers, very, very committed. <coughs> you know, and so. We take our volunteers on cruises through Royal Caribbean, you know. You go to Lutra, for example, take 60, 70 of them. And so what I'm laughing at is because I'm seeing the kingdom in what you're saying. When people look and say, oh, I, you know, oh, Bahamas Reading Network, oh, I, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to come out and, and serve. And they're just seeing the part that people are in the trenches. You know, they may be sweating and making it happen. But what they don't realize is just like with Christ, when they and the disciples went out there and they were sweating and laboring and probably getting a little hungry at the time. But afterwards, they even would have dinner in the upper room, like that we are here at Brickler. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, they would get together and they would have those beautiful times. And that's what you're doing for your people. Mm -hmm. And that makes it exceptional because that's truly the kingdom. Yes. Serving, yes. but you also are blessed in yes. your service. Amen. Yes, that is so true, man. We love them. What I tell them, I say I love you like I love my kids. Yeah. And I cry. And I say that. <laughs> because they touch me so deeply, man. You see them like they are pointing and pointing. And we make sure we show them some good times. Yeah. So we do some really special stuff. So they are family. We are a family. And we really believe that. that and I love them. 
God has done work with you. Starting as a child, he trusted you with the ability of deep thinking so that one day you would deeply think about what is truly the kingdom of God and you are living it and you are prospering in it. Thank you so much with all your responsibilities and all you have to do. You came here and you sat with us today. Thank you. <laughs> it helped me to remember things. Yeah, you know. It's your story. It's your story and it's a powerful one. Thank you for tuning in to the Win to Win Show with host Sonovia D. Williams. For the television version of the show, as well as services and resources for advertising your business, subscribe to our website at www.thewintowin.com. Like us on Facebook, Win to Win for monthly giveaway promotions, behind the scenes, and more.